big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big warm welcome to you. My name is Marion Rose. And I'm Lael Stone. And welcome to our podcast on trusting our child and ourselves. Have you missed us? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time between podcasts. And this is the perfect topic for us to explore because how many times, Marion, did we make a date and go, okay, we'll podcast at, you know, four o'clock on Thursday. And then literally it would be 20 minutes before, five minutes before one of us would go, oh, can we reschedule? <laughs> we can't do it. Like we, we changed the date on this so many times, you know, we, it was, it was funny. It was almost comical, but what I love so much is that we both were really trusting of whenever the time was right, we would do it. And I love that we both honored that in ourselves and each other when we were like, I just don't have the capacity or the space or it's going to be too rushed or my energy's not there. Like, you know, and, and really honoring that. That was so, it was such a beautiful process to go through, wasn't it? It was so beautiful. And I remember the last time last week and it was like, Oh yeah, but I could, and, but I, I really didn't have a full yes. And, and the rest mm. of the day ended up being really busy and I would have been literally exhausted. And mm. there's something about that that we're really talking about on this meta level of how powerful it is to learn to deeply trust ourselves and mm. to not coerce ourselves and to really listen to mm. what we really know about, um, about all the things that we're going to be talking about. Mm. So I love that, that we're really mm. starting. We, we and would, I- yeah, I love that, you know, I, I, what goes through my head is but we haven't put a podcast out for ages and we need to do something because, you know, we have ratings and people are waiting and they want stuff. And I, I watched my head go, no, like my default from what I learned was, no, put everyone else's needs first, not yours, right? And just and do that because they're expecting or they're wanting or don't let people down. Like, you know, I watched that that was some of my inner dialogue and then I was like, and no one's probably waiting, Layla, it's fine. <laughs> and, um, and it'll be the right time when you do it and it'll be wonderful and it'll be great. And it's, it's so funny, even after 45 years of being on this planet, I still have that default, even though I've worked so hard to go, no, where am I sitting in this? It still creeps in sometimes. So it's such a beautiful um, opportunity, isn't it, to keep practicing that, tuning into yourself and trusting timing trusting you know each other to say yes it's fine like not once did either of us go oh god you know we we're both <laughs> like yes sure no worries all good <laughs> that's yeah and, yeah and what i'm thinking as well if we'd done it last week that it would not have the energy we haven't been through the things that we've been through in this mm. week to me like this is the exact point to be doing mm. this podcast and it's like really trusting that that there's a timing for things and i love that Ah, oh, that big beautiful mm. sigh. It's like we would not be communicating, mm. not only just with the words, but with our full um, uh, aligned energy mm. around this topic if mm. we were doing it from coercing ourselves or when we've been exhausted or when we really mm. didn't have a yes or whatever mm. the thing is. 
Mm. And I love what I love about our podcast is we will often tune in with each other and go, what do you want to talk about? What's going on for you? And whatever's kind of a theme that's coming up for us, either with clients or with our families or with us, like we're like, oh, this is what's happening for me. Let's lean into that a little bit more. And this trust one, we've we've like, I don't know, we talked about it like six, seven weeks ago and we're like, okay, we'll do that. And man, we had to move through trust in these last month or so just with what our lives have been about. So it's really interesting and i love it that we can you know we have the opportunity to expand with it and flow with it like we're doing now so that's good mm. yes and i'm sending love to anyone else who in the last six or eight weeks has been invited to do lots of powerful inner work my goodness mm. gracious me it's been a, a doozy of a time I mm. felt. So, um, mm. love and compassion if you've had something similar Mm, yes yes i'm with you i'm with you all right let's dive into this let's start as we always you know love to start on the kind of bigger picture level when we're talking about trust and i'm gonna hand it over to you marion to talk just about that whole you know the bigger picture of what we have learned about trust over these years and generations and and the world and all that kind of stuff do you want to start there and then let's dive into ourselves and our children I always feel so grateful to you, Leo, when you go, oh, yeah, and I go, oh, gosh, really? I can do that a bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know me, I like to look at the, the cultural conditioning over the last couple of thousand years. The, I'm now calling it the disconnected domination culture that we've been living in. And that has really been fundamentally based on a lack of trust of children, but also a lack of trust of uh, bodies, feelings, intuition women the feminine um mothers all of these kinds of things it's really been so much about don't trust those things they are dangerous uh we cannot trust the nature the earth all of these things no trust we need to control we need to have power over we need to do all of this stuff and so so i really want to remind us all and be compassionate with us all around the process of starting to learn to trust ourselves our intuition what we feel and i feel a sense of rightness for what we feel um uh um like a yes to i kind of think a resonance for that is different from perhaps what we've told we should or shouldn't do or what we should or shouldn't do in our parenting or in our lives and um how big that is to increasingly listen to ourselves over and above what we've been told growing up in this culture. It's a really, really big thing to gradually free ourselves from that domination culture where most of us were uh, as children, no, not trusted and really being kind of given the sense that there was something wrong with us and we couldn't be trusted. And, mm. you know, the, the power of the mind and of adults and of all of that stuff. So it's a really big journey. And um, I re recently reread The Continuum Concept by Jean Leadloff. Uh, was, uh, she went and lived with the Yakwana people. Um, it's a very well-known book. I imagine lots of you might have read it. And I was really enjoying remembering that with the Yakwana people, they talked about that really deep trust of children. You know, the things about uh, really trusting that children want to learn how to fit into the culture. They want to learn to be competent. They want to do what the adults can do and how they would, you know, trust that children would be safe as well, that they would, um, you know, that they would know what was a safe thing and not by observing. And you know, that really deep trust, I think, is in so many indigenous cultures that we have learnt to, um, 
yeah, to not trust. So it's a big journey. It's a huge mm. journey to reconnect with trust. It is. It so is. And I, um, in, in the Aware Parenting Immersion that I run that goes for eight weeks, the first module that we look at is trust. And because for me, it, it underpins everything of whether it's around helping our children or, or navigating play or attachment play with our kids, whether it's listening to feelings, whether it's um, self-care, whether it's setting limits and boundaries, all these kind of things. It's just, it's everywhere. And one of the questions I always love to ask parents is, well, what was, what was it modeled to you? Like, what did you feel if you were to look at your family of origin, what did you watch around trust? Did you get the message from your parents? You know, you can't trust anyone these days. Did you, um, were you told constantly, be careful, like don't climb too high um you know were you like don't eat too much like were you constantly given these messages of it's not safe it's not okay can't trust and it's interesting when i pose that question because majority of people absolutely that's what they got and then you know i I often say to say to parents so let's take a look at what do we think we're imprinting to our children around trust you know even on the practical levels are we when we go to the park and our children are climbing are we constantly saying be careful like you know don't go too high you know or or can we reframe that to go i really trust that you know what your body can do you know and and i tell stories about i think i've may even told this story about taking my son to the um, skate park when he was five or six and my younger brother was teaching him to skate and i just every time he try to drop in on the half pipe I'd go (gasps) you'd hear like my like you know inhale of breath and my brother love him turned around and looked at me and he's like you need to leave (laughs) why and he's like you are gonna make him crash through your fear he goes you need to go and he's like he's trust his body they'll trust his trust his balance like we'll get this and and I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm leaving. And I actually had to leave because I couldn't watch because I was just sitting there with this, like, oh my God, he's going to slip and crack his head open or he's going to break his wrist or he's just, all I was coming from was this protective mother place of, you know, which again comes from love of just like, I don't want you to get hurt. And my brother's like, you're not doing him any favors here by bringing that fear here. Like he has to learn to trust his body. And my son's been brilliant at teaching me that because he's so in his body and and if there's places that he can push his body to he is going to do it and now i don't i don't worry at all because i just know he's he he knows his edges and where he can go to but that was such a beautiful um a beautiful lesson for me to go i am projecting that something's going to go wrong all the time here and and that's the energy that i'm giving to my children so what would it look like if we turn that around to say i trust that your body knows what it needs to eat i trust that your body knows how high it can climb you know again i often think about what would that be like for us if we had have been given those messages and those imprints around how we would feel now as adults it's it's a beautiful thing to pose so it's such a big thing this trust piece Mm, I love to, how you talk about that as well, because these things do get passed on from generation to generation. Unless we question them, we do pass on the fear and lack of trust unless we address it. And usually we really do need to address it in ourselves, don't we? When I'm thinking mm. about the food one, I know for me, it took a lot of inner work around food that I'd really done a lot actually before becoming a mother. So that it, it, that really helped me to really trust my children's food choices and know one of the core things in aware parenting is really trusting that babies and children do know what they need they know what what kinds of foods they know how much they know when um and yes that can we can 
um, get in the way of that if we are if we're not reading their cues accurately and if we're often feeding them when they actually feel upset that can actually get in the way of them of that natural knowing mm. but that's uh, you know to really come back to that deep trust of children uh, is just so wonderful and so freeing and Mm. amazing Mm. I really I really hear you on that because I had journeyed that with food with my my middle child for sure because I just I didn't really know how to be with feelings and emotions so I just used to breastfeed her all the time she was like the chubbiest baby ever and and then I began when I stopped breastfeeding when she was a toddler she would just whenever she was upset she would just ask for a treat she would just ask for sugar and you know it wasn't until I I found Aletha Salter's work that I was like oh I think that's what's going on there and then had to create and make some shifts and changes to really um, you know, tune in and offer that connection instead of giving her those treats to help her release some of those feelings and stuff that have been sitting there. And, and that was such a beautiful learning to, again, really trust that. And, and that, is, that, that is a really big piece for a lot of people. A lot of parents, isn't it? Food can be a really, really, really big one. Yeah, really big. You know, and, and that differentiation between, particularly when they're little and perhaps they're not verbal, you know, is it, are they hungry or do they have feelings or, you know, that, that can be such a delicate dance. And we talk a lot more about that, don't we, in our, um, our, some of our other podcasts around babies and, and meeting their needs and stuff. And, and that often, again, I think when people are starting with aware parenting, that is where support can be so beneficial to work with an aware parenting instructor, someone who, you know, has done this for a long time or has a really good understanding of it to support you to find your inner place of trust in, in trusting your child in showing, you know, showing and them showing you what they need. And I love that you mentioned that too, because I say this all the time is that our children know what they need to do to find their way back into balance. They, they know what they need. We often just get in the way or we miss the cues, exactly what you said before. And, and, and that's where play is so magnificent, isn't it? Is when something goes on for a child, really trusting that they're going to, when they have the space and it feels safe enough, move whatever is there for them when they're ready. And that's something that pops up a lot in some of the sessions I have with parents. If, if the parents are aware that there has been a trauma or something has happened, they'll often say, well, what, what game should I play or what should I do or how do I help them move it? And, you know, for me, I come back to going, well, you don't have to do anything. You just have to keep creating the space for them. So what if we could sit in a place of trusting that they know what they need to do to heal and that when they are ready, they will move and they will do that healing piece. But when we sit there, I think with that knowledge and thinking, you know, but I can see something's wrong and I've got to help them. We want them to move into that healing on our timeline and, and it has to be on their timeline. And so that is something I've found is, is quite reoccurring with some of the parents I work with of, of being able to then lean into that trust that our child knows what they need to do to find their way back into that center, to do that healing piece. And really what they're asking from us is, can you make it safe enough for me to do that? You know, can you give me the support and the safety and that holding so that I can move when I'm ready and in a way that I know that I need? And sometimes that's playing the same game 700 times. <laughs> sometimes that's making the same noise over and over again. Sometimes it's needing to sit and cry and talk about the same thing of how unfair that was, you know, five or 10 times. Like it really is about just trusting that they will shift and move it when they are ready. Yeah. I really love how you articulate that. That was so beautiful. Yum. Mm-hmm. I'm really remembering when, um, Aletha came over to Australia in 2000, 
or I don't know, something like that, when um, I was wanting to come wear a, parent in, wear a parenting instructor. And I went to one of her first workshops over here and it was on helping babies and children heal from stress and trauma. And I remember her sharing about, about exactly what you've shared about and really trusting that given the connection and the opportunity and our willingness, children will, the children know exactly what they need to be able to heal mm. stressful events and traumatic events and just day-to-day -day challenges. And the, I really remember that kind of aha moment of like, oh my God, oh my gosh. And it's so much part, isn't it, of this culture as we were talking about at the beginning to go to think that we are the ones that know and we need to know all the stuff and we need to be the ones who like make them sleep or make them do this or make them do that and really they their natural wisdom is so profoundly amazing and actually most of the time it's about us and our cultural deconditioning so that we can actually just really provide the space trust mm. them and follow their lead really in, in mm. all of these things so powerful isn't it it's so good and i'm i'm sitting there thinking about stories to tell around <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I have many stories and some of them were shared already around trusting our children that they'll move stuff when they're ready. I know I've shared that story about my son when he was 10 or 11, moving some of the stuff around him when he was a baby, we were in the pool together and he just swam over to me and we were by all of a sudden by ourselves. And he was just like, I'm going to be your baby. And he just went into this big, beautiful attachment play with me like 11 years later. And it was just the most perfect timing for us to play and giggle and for him to just move into a bit of stillness. It was like this perfect forgiveness 11 years later that it happened. I remember ringing you once, Marion, because um, something happened with my younger daughter and she'd seen something and, and it wasn't appropriate for her to see. And I was like, how am I going to attachment play this? How am I going to do this to help her move whatever feelings are sitting there for her? And, and I remember you saying to me, just it'll, it'll pop up, just keep creating the space for her to do it. And then sure enough, something happened where, um, I felt embarrassed about something and then she just kept laughing because I was embarrassed and I was like, ah, this is the moment here. And so I just kept playing with it again, again and again about being embarrassed or doing stuff. And she was giggling and laughing her head off around it. And, and it was, it was about a week later, but it was perfect timing. It was in a way that was orchestrated by her. And so I, I have had many incidences and I'm sure you have as well of, of giving our children the space and really trusting that they'll move whatever's there when they're ready. And, and I want to, I wanted to actually just share a story um, that just happened a few weeks ago. So I opened our school five weeks ago, which has been amazing and just <laughs> the biggest roller coaster of my life. Incredible. And um, my beautiful daughter, Tali, who's um, 13 comes and works at our school one day a week and she's there just to be with the kids. And that's just, it's magnificent. The children absolutely love her. And um Last week, and she's given me permission to tell this story because it was pretty powerful. Um, last week we were down there. I was inside. She'd been outside with the kids and then she came in and she walked in and she said, I've got some feelings going on. And I said, oh, what's happening for you, darling? Now, the first part of the story I love so much is she said these words. It might just be because I didn't get this when I was younger, but I have a lot of anger around the fact that the children have choice. <laughs> and I was like... Oh, so the first thing I was amazed is that she could actually own her feelings were around the fact that she could, she could connect that it was probably because she didn't have choice and, um, and that, that, that was making the feeling surface. And I said, tell me more about that. And then she just said, when I was in primary school, I had to do whatever I was told 
all the time and I hated it. I never felt like I had choice. And then she just said, I'm so angry that these children have choice. Why don't they just do what they're told? <laughs> and then she just burst into tears. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I just, I just hugged her and she just cried and cried. And I was like, wow. Okay. So here she is in secondary school, you know, she's in year eight now you know, this story perhaps that she's held onto from when she was in primary school, because she is a child that really wants choice and autonomy in her, in her world. And, you know, she went to a pretty mainstream primary school that now this beautiful timing of where she's in a place where she's witnessing children who have choice and she's helping facilitate that for them was bringing up these feelings of what happened for her. So I just held her and she just cried and cried. And I just said to her, I am so sorry, honey, that, that they were the experiences you had. And I'm sorry, I couldn't make it different for you at the time. And, and that's what happened for you. And she just had this beautiful cry and then she let it go. And I mean, I just sat there thinking on many levels, like, wow, this is amazing. There's a whole lot of adults out there that can't even connect the dots of why they feel angry about stuff because of what needs they never got. So I was pretty impressed with that. And then I just loved that she could feel and let go of those times in her life as when she was younger, where she didn't actually feel like she had choice. And that right then at 13, that's where it was coming up and that's where it was moving. And, you know, you couldn't, like for me, I look back and go, I, I didn't even really know that that existed in her beautiful little being. You know, I'm sure I had heard it when she was younger and of course raising our kids with the way parenting, you know, we try and create as many spaces as possible to listen to feelings and help them process stuff, but we don't catch everything. And there's always going to be stuff there. And then I just really trusted that her being at the school with these beautiful little kids that, that she's supporting, that that is the time when that healing comes up. And that is no different to us as adults is that as we raise our children, as we're witnessing our children navigate challenging things at school or kindergarten or relationships, and when we have big activations of feelings within that, then can we trust that that is the perfect combination of experiences that are coming together so we get to move what we need to move? And, you know, I just think you can't, you cannot orchestrate and plan these things. They are just perfect at the time of when they arise. And that for me, again, just gives me more and more and more um, belief in how much we deeply have to trust not only our children's stories, but our stories as well. I love that story. I love how you share it. So yummy. Oh my gosh. You know what then I'm, I'm thinking is like, one of the reasons I think it's so helpful for parents and that the structure of aware parenting, the understanding of aware parenting is as much to recognize what our children are doing and to support that rather than to make it happen. And I know often when people come into aware parenting, I know I did when I came and it was, and I was in that kind of, I'm going to make this happen energy. Um, but, you know, so really, for example, understanding attachment play, that the, there are nine different types of attachment play and having a sense of how those, you know, what kinds of games we can play means that when our child is playing that, we can recognize what they're doing and go with it and flow with it and join in and um, just to actually understand what's going on. And that can make a huge difference, can't it, to actually really understand what a child is doing. I really remember just a really small example with Sonny when he was about 
three and um i would notice every time i get on all fours just to i don't know i remember even in a shop once it was a there was children's clothes and so i got down to look down low and he would always jump on my back and i remember often feeling a bit frustrated because it was like oh no why you just keep jumping on my back i don't really enjoy that and then i just had the aha of course he's doing some paraversal play here he wants to he wants to have a sense of power and agency and autonomy and just once I got that, you know, it's that understanding of what is happening and why our children are doing what they're mm-hmm. doing. Like I was like, oh, great. Okay. So, I, and then I could play with it and like, you know, he could direct me places. And mm-hmm. so it's often the, having the beautiful understanding that, you know, Letha really articulates of like why children do what they do and how, how things show up in play or crying or raging or behavior is so that we can recognize it. So we can cooperate with their natural healing mechanisms with their, natural relaxation mechanisms um, rather than that then we become just more kind of dewy-ish to them which can so often happen and I, I think that's part of the journey often in a way of parenting to to learn how to do that more and more I'm even thinking about um, you know sleep is another classic example isn't it that we in this culture think that we have to make children sleep and we talk about children fighting sleep and I often think of it it's more that we are often fighting their natural relaxation processes they know how to speak they all know they will come and start playing really rambunctiously or being really silly and goofy or having really big reactions about the tiniest of things and starting to cry or rage they they know their bodies know that in order to feel relaxed enough to sleep deeply and soundly for as long as they need to they need to express and release all of the emotional energy, the stress in their bodies so that they can do that. They're constantly trying to do that often in the evening. And so often in our cultural part of this cultural conditioning, isn't it? We've been trained to think we have to calm them down or stop them from being silly or goofy and, you know, make them calm. And of course, you know, if we're providing a calming environment that can be supportive, but if we're you know providing you know a bit of muted lights and things like that and our child is is wanting to jump on the bed or um wanting to play chasey that's the thing that they need it's really trusting that and it's also knowing again knowing that if a child is playing and playing we talked about this more in the attachment play um podcasts and then they start getting hitty or bitey that this isn't this isn't also about being just like hands off it's like okay so here now i might need to move in with the loving limit and help them express the feelings so for me it's like really that understanding supports us doesn't it to really cooperate with their it's trusting them and cooperating with whatever they're showing us that they need and it becomes more of a dance doesn't it rather than a here i know what you need it's more like okay i'm observing i'm watching what might you need okay ah i think it might be that now i'm going to move in and play with that let's see mm. what happens it's a collaborative like you know parent and child together in a collaborative dance isn't it yes i love that and and that i think is is when our children are younger particularly when they are still in those um so much about play and stuff like that it can be so beautiful to watch and observe i found with teenagers it looks a little bit different and that because they're not going to move into attachment play and they're you know particularly as they separate out a little bit you know they they're more likely to shut us out or you know go into their room or close their doors or get on technology all those kind of things particularly when things are hard and i've you know i feel like i've just been just taught so beautifully thank you to my children about really trusting them 
and their process and their story when things are tricky. Now, of course, as adults, our default is to want to jump in and fix and make it better. We're also, you know, it is so understandable that we are deeply uncomfortable when our children are in pain or when something doesn't feel good or when they're struggling. You know, of course, every part of this is like, I want you to feel good. I want you to be happy because then it makes us feel better. And, you know, there's all that that's connected within that. And I have so definitely learned even on a deeper level over the last year. And I think a lot of that had to do with just COVID and being where I live in the world. You know, we, we had a big lockdown for a long time and my teenagers didn't get to see their friends and, and, you know, a lot of stuff came up for everybody. And, you know, one of my kids really, you know, went into some deeper, darker places and, she was really asking me to sit in trust with her because I knew, I know enough to know, I understand trauma. I understand these behavioral responses. Like I'm, I'm watching and observing going, Oh, I know what's going on here. And every part of me um, was trying to help her move that. (laughs) And she was not going to move until she's ready to move. And so I would make the suggestions. How about we do this? Do you want to do that? And she would just turn around and look at me and I'd be like, Oof. I have to back right off here. And it was uncomfortable because I I wanted her to move because I was deeply uncomfortable with her sitting in this pain or sitting in the stuff she was in. And she really taught me about moving into trusting her journey. And I remember one day I walked into her room and instead of trying to do the really subtle, like, you know, how about we do this now, honey? (laughs) Would you like to go for a walk? Or, you know, no matter how I tried to package it up, it was the same thing that I was trying to coerce her into doing stuff. I actually walked into her room and I sat on the bed and I said, I actually trust you that you know exactly what you need. And I'm going to keep working on sitting in that trust and holding that for you. And I see that you are the one with the wisdom here. I don't know what it's like being in your body or where you are, but you do. So I am just going to be here. I'm here to hold you. I'm going to trust that you know what you need to do when the time is right. And it was amazing because you could almost feel the energy move. And she just almost let out this massive sigh that went, oh, well done, mummy. Got it. (laughs) Like it was like she went, oh, good. And then, of course, she kind of moved because I stopped sitting in the hole, I've got to control this or make it better or make it all right because it's really uncomfortable. I had to just really sit in her trust with her. And I've really watched those words and I, I say them a lot to my children. I trust you know what you need to do. I'm here for you. You let me know if you need anything, but I really trust that you know what you need to do. And that is something I really invite parents to be mindful of, of using those words, saying it, especially if you've got teenagers. Uh, it's really powerful because I think what they deeply need to know is that you've got their back and that you are there for wherever they need, but you trust what they need to move and navigate through to find who it is they are and where they need to be in the world. And yes, that can be so deeply, deeply challenging. But when we think about the energy that comes with it, that to me, and I keep coming back to this always, if I was in that position, my daughter was in what would I want from my parent I would want them to walk in the room and be so rock solid and sitting in trust that they believe in me to move whatever I need to move and that they've got my back that's what I would want and so that's I think what I've you know I was gifted in this last year 
to really go into an even deeper level of trust. It's, it's been, it's been really incredible and, and, you know, and it's still ongoing. And I think that's probably why it's taken, um, you know, ages to actually record this podcast because, you know, navigating that with my children and then, and then opening and building a school, which requires so much trust and a lot of craziness um, to really trust that the school unfolds as it's meant to, is that the children are getting what they need. The parents are getting what they need. Our guides are getting what they need. Like really for me personally, being asked to step into a deeper level of trusting uh, what and uh, trusting everyone's journey and being okay in that. And, and so often it, for me, it comes back to the uncomfortableness of it, not looking the way that I want it to look. And that's hard. It's really hard. And, and I think, you know, over time, I just keep seeing more and more evidence and, and learning more and more that the more I'm moving to trust and the more I hold that and the more that I can sit in that, you know, there is so much more perfection in often what unfolds. Hmm. Wow, Lel, I think those words that you said, that you, that you said to her when you sat on the end of her bed, I, I imagine so many people listening will be like, ah, and so hearing that from there, you know, in terms of my work, the inner loving mother, to really, you know, to really get to receive that sense of how would we feel to receive that so that we can also give that to, to our young people. It's so beautiful. So lovely, so yummy. Mm. <laughs> mm. 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 Ah. Mm. So there's trust in all these different ways, aren't there? We've talked about food, we've talked about the healing, um, sleep. I'm also thinking things around, um, I have examples I think around separation and learning. So those are things I, and even example with my son today, he's, 14 and um we've homeschooled all the way through and um they often both of my children my daughter's 19 now often didn't want to go and hang out with lots of other kids when they were younger they wanted to a lot of time at home they didn't want it they wanted to hang out in small groups and i know for remember for both of them they got to a point where they suddenly were like now i really want to i really want to so today they've um the homeschooling group's gone up to to wet and wild, you know, with the big water slides and things like that. And and I was saying to him, and I'm not able to take you because it's our podcast day and we have all these other things happening. I have clients and things today. And he was just so insistent. Like, but I really want to go. I really want to go. And I really, and could you phone so-and-so? Could you ask so-and-so? What about so-and-so? And and I was remembering you know, just a, a few short years ago where I'd be like, I'd be the one going, you know, well, do you want to come out and do this? And he went, like, no. Well, what about this? No. And it's just like really trusting that they, and that they all, they will want to individuate. They will want to go out and do their own thing. They will want to become their own person. And it's like really trusting for each child. That's that's so different that timing. And that's such oh. a lovely journey to really trust them in their in the individuation process. Yes. In our culture, we tend to think all children are ready to do that at a certain age, or and it's not oh. the case. I love that you said that because that is something that turns up a lot. Uh, again, with parents I talk to, if their children are particularly, you know, they're really, they need to be cautious or they're really, you know, they are slow to warm up or they just want to watch and observe or, you know, and that we still as a culture, and we've talked about this before, you know, label that as wrong or they should be able to get in there and do it or they should be able to just separate and say goodbye. And it is really trusting their timing, trusting that each child is different and that they will do it gently and slowly in a way that feels good for them. So yeah, I absolutely, again, glad that you brought that up because I, I see that often too with really 
when they are ready, when they're ready to do it, then they will do it. And that timing looks different for everybody. Exactly. And so we've got a highly sensitive podcast on that. If people mm. want to. And I actually forgot, of course, the, at the end of the story was he was just chatting with another um, person. He doesn't actually know that well, but who's in the homeschooling group on, they were gaming last night and he said, Oh, you can come with us. So I'm like, Oh, okay. So he's gone. He's off there now having a wonderful time. So it's like, trust that when they really want to do something, mm. then they will do it. Mm. That's so, it. So the other thing I'd love to share about as well is around uh, our natural learning, unschooling, homeschooling. We've tried all, we've played with all three of those. And I think for me, that's the other thing that I really learned to trust in early years. I was really in that, you know, if I don't get them, you know, if they don't know how to do this by this age, you know, that was a lot of fear and concern that I had. And over years, what I really learned to deeply trust that children when offered uh, and a you know, loving environment when we support them in what they love, they will learn everything that they need to learn. And I've witnessed my son particularly who, you know, we never formally, you know, I read to him a lot and there's been, you know, loads of books and all of that stuff, but I never formally taught him at all. And he, you know, he learned to read and his spelling is amazing and his maths is incredible and his science is, you know, all of these things he has absolutely learned through just doing what he absolutely loves and so really that deep trust that, you know, children will learn, they will, they, they know what they need. They want to learn. They want to individuate. They want to heal. They want to eat food that's the most healthy for their body. I mean, all of these things, it's just mm. really coming back to that deep trust. Mm. And, and I, yeah. Carry on. Yeah. And I just think, it, and, and those things are where we often, I think as parents need to be challenged on because, you know, particularly around more of those formal things like schooling or, or um, I'm just trying to think what else, you know, this is what we have to do. And if you don't like it is, is something that can be challenging because some children really say, no, this is not for me. I cannot do it anymore. This, this feels really hard. And we have definitely talked about this in our previous podcast too, around schooling of that, that for some it's not going to fit, you know, and, and I find myself in this place now, you know, my beautiful um, 13 year old daughter has actually decided this year that she wanted to homeschool. She just feels that, you know, what they're learning in the secondary school she's at and it just didn't serve her. And she just felt it, it was just, again, it kind of probably comes a lot back to the choice that and autonomy, you know, of what came up for her when she was at my school, because she's like, I'm learning stuff that makes no sense to me. It has no relevance to my life. I'm told to pull my socks up, you know, all these kind of things. Like she kept saying, why can't you build a high school? And I'm like, cause yeah, that's, we've just started with this little one, but, but she really just came to me and I, I trust her. And she said, I, I need to do it differently this year. And so I said, okay, let's do it differently. What could it look like? And it was really fascinating. As soon as that was like, yes, let's do it. You know, she was like, well, I need a bit of structure cause I like structure. So I'm going to learn between 10 to 12 30 I was like okay like you know for me I was like whatever makes you work and she's like and I'd actually really like a tutor for a little bit mum because I don't want you to do like numeracy and literacy with me and I'm like yeah I don't want to do that either um so I was like awesome let me find you a tutor and then she just went okay these are all the things I'm into and excited about and and so she wants to start her own business because she really you know she's quite got that entrepreneurial thing so she's um my husband who's a designer has already started teaching her how to build a website and she's you know she's designed her own logo and she's registered her business name and she's um, creating pottery and just 
and I'm just watching this love and, you know, thriving happening in her because of really just trusting that's what you need to do. And that was a big call for her because she has been at school the whole time and she's got friends and she knew that was, might be a little bit challenging with leaving her friends. But I really just kept saying to her, I really trust that you know what you need to do and this is not forever and let's just give it a go for now and then see what happens. But it's been pretty extraordinary watching and, and I mean, she did say to me last week, she said, I think I've learned more in this last month than I have in the last three years. And I was laughing going, okay. I mean, last year was challenging. I think with a lot of kids having to do online learning at home, but you know, it's been again, another beautiful opportunity to really just trust that, that she knows what she needs and she's come to it and said it. And I was like, yep, there were edges in me that perhaps were really challenged about that before, but not now. And I just trust that you know who you are and what you need to do. And so how can I help you do that? And that has felt pretty amazing to do. So beautiful. I love that. And don't, don't you find, cause I know for me through this journey of parenting and, you know, for me, the, the natural learning thing as well is like, I so deeply trust human beings now. So from, from learning to trust my children, learning to trust myself, it's like then when I'm working with others, other parents, often mothers, it's usually whether it's in parenting or the entrepreneurial journey or their soul's calling. I find it so easy to, to say, and I love saying a lot to, to them, I really trust you. I really trust you. I trust mm. that you know what you're called to do. You know, mm. so it's, it becomes this, um, uh, the more we embody it, the more we can then share it out. And it becomes this kind of mm. most beautifully contagious experience, mm. isn't it? Because mm. I'm imagining as well for your children and for my children, that they also transmit that trust. Mm. They, the more that they're trusted, the more they can trust other people and trust mm. as humans that we do, you know, we do have this amazing loveliness that we want to. Yes. And I, I think, yeah. And I love that. I love that you brought that up about them learning to trust themselves because, and I think this is a theme I see a lot again with parents I work with is that often when we were children and, you know, we are all deeply feeling, we're feeling about what's going on in our family with our parents. And sometimes we might've said to our parents, are you okay? Or is something going on? And if the response we got was, no, it's all fine. It's okay. Like, you know, when we got brushed off for, it was just like, no, 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 it's okay. But our gut was like, something isn't okay, but we were being told it was okay. Then it really often undermines our ability to trust our intuition and to trust what our gut is telling us because we felt one thing, but we were being told another from the people who were meant to be guiding us on some level. So often it can set up a, a, a really confusing story in humans of like, I can't trust my gut because my imprint was, I felt one thing, but I was told another and I don't know where to sit with that. And so learning to trust our intuition and our gut is a huge, huge thing, particularly if that hasn't been modeled to you and particularly if you've had lots of conflicting messages around it. And so that's what I love what you're saying about when we do this with our children, we are teaching them to trust themselves so that they know, Oh, I'm sensing there's some danger there. I'm going to pull back from that or actually that's probably enough that I've taken there, you know, that I've like moved towards, you know, in whatever they're doing, like they, they are, able to actually you know regulate within themselves i'm using that word in the sense of tune in to what they need to be able to to know what is okay and what is not and i think that's what's super super powerful around doing this because a lot of people again didn't have any, any imprint that said you know that it's safe to trust what you know because you know again of all the messages that we may have received from our parents 
And isn't it almost like that one of the most important things? Like, and I, I think of that, like it's that basic trust and love that you talk about it in the first week of your immersion. Mm. I remember, um, you know, basic trust in terms of psychology, that's often mm. seen uh, as one of that, that core things that, that we get, we learn really early on. And if we can trust ourselves, if our children can trust ourselves, that is the most profound thing in every area of their life, isn't it? Exactly. Mm. As you said, they can trust in a situation with another human is that is that a yes or no for them is this thing they're being invited to do they do they have a sense of yeah or do they have a sense that you know this actually seems a bit dangerous here and to actually trust Mm. not to override it not to think oh i shouldn't or Mm. just do it because everyone else is doing it we we Mm. want them to really be able to trust Mm. like as you say their intuition their Mm. their uh, their felt sense of what's happening it's almost the most important thing that we have as as humans isn't it it is isn't it i just watched actually um a month or two ago, my middle daughter was working at this job that was okay, but she didn't really love it. And she kept saying, they don't treat us well and they're not paying us right. And and she she rang me and she said, I think I'm going to quit my job. And I was like, oh, okay. And then both my husband and I went into the, oh, but, you know, this was our default. You shouldn't quit until you have another job. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was probably both our parents just coming through right then. Because that was both of us. We had this really knee-jerk reaction. She just said, it doesn't feel good anymore. And we were both like, oh, and then, you know, we kind of was like, oh, no, but what are you going to do now? And, you know, where are you going to earn your money from? And then she just said, I'll find something else. I'll find something even better. And I was like, okay. And literally on it, like a week or two later, she got a call from someone who was like, would you be able to do this for me? This person's going to pay her double of what she was getting. She gets to work the hours she wants and it's something that's really fun. And she was like, see, and I was like, Okay, I should have never for a second <laughs> even doubted <laughs> that you would find what you want. And I just, afterwards I celebrated and I was like, look how amazing you are. You really were following what you knew you needed and were open to the possibility of other things coming in. And, and you know, I think was just really, you know, self-trusting. I'll find something because I'm employable and I can do it. And I love that. I loved witnessing that. It was such a beautiful reminder to really trust her story or her journey of what that looked like for her. You know, and I think that it is, it's such a gift we can give our children to um, to sit in that energy with them. Yeah, I, I love that. It's so beautiful, particularly because those early, I, I often think those early, like the first job that we have or the first few jobs, they often really, to use your word, imprints, but, you know, our, our core beliefs around contributing the world uh, what we need to do to receive money those things get often put in place really profoundly there i know i needed to do a lot of inner work around the very first job i did which was a paper round i mean literally that paper round theme i don't know if you remember that would show up Mm -hmm. that was showing up even like 10 years ago the same theme of what happened to me in the paper round so like to really understand when we're you know and also you know working with women entrepreneurs as you do it's to see that those are the things that first job will show up for us totally done the inner work around it so to support our young people so that the first job they have is not where they're uh yeah doing stuff they don't want to do or being paid terribly or um yeah being coerced or any of those horrible things those those are really important that those first that first job or two is really important that they have really yeah. fan experiences or they get to say no this is a no yes and they're not willing for this yes and i actually have worth even if i'm 16 or 17 or whatever i have worth and this is what i feel like i am 
you know, I'm willing to do or that feels good for me. Yeah, I agree with you totally. I absolutely agree. I think it's super, super important. And, and, you know, I come back to this of, um, you know, around trust for us as adults is that we can often feel like it's really easy to trust when everything's okay. So when, you know, there's not money in the bank and feeling emotionally centered and, you know, work is flowing and, you know, we can easily like, yeah, I'm trusting life. Life is amazing. (laughs) It's awesome. It's when things are really rocky that that is where we have to be trusted. You know, we have to, we're challenged on it, you know, and I, I often kind of joke, we either trust or we don't. We don't just trust when things are good. It's trusting when things are feeling rocky that are really challenging as well. And, you know, I think that is a muscle we have to practice exercising and using because I know, and I know this, I know I have been in phases in my life where I haven't trusted and where I've been either in a lot of trauma or a lot of fear or things have really needed to shift in my life and I haven't been in that place of trusting and it's been something I've had to learn to work with. And I think that is something that, you know, as an offering to adults is that if you do feel in a lot of fear all the time, if you do come from a place where I don't trust anyone, if you do feel that, that it isn't safe at all, you know, for me, that's a beautiful gentle invitation to lean into okay well what's sitting in your body what's in your story what's in your being that has made it feel so unsafe and what healing perhaps is needed to help you shift and move because I think we all do have you know the capabilities to move into trusting more but it is something that requires practice and it's something that sometimes we need support with and for me I guess when I work with trust and people is okay start small start with looking for evidence of things that you can trust such as that the sun will set every night and it will rise again in the morning or trust in your love for your children or trust that um Oh, I was about to say you'll have to pay tax. That's a bad example. Oh. Sorry. Let's take that one away. Sorry. I was think, trying to think of something really mainstream. Great accountant. <laughs> Let's just delete that one. Sorry. But it is, it's coming back to going, okay, what do I know perhaps to be true that I can trust in that? And then how can I increase my capacity to lean more into trust to then know that it is going to be okay. Or so I think it's looking for little things that we can lean into that can build more of our trust experience. And so, you know, if we've had challenging times with friendships, for example, and we have a story that says, I can't trust anybody and, you know, I I can't trust women or I can't trust men or those kind of things. Well, then what would it be to open ourselves up to go, I really want to change that story. And I'm going to look for some evidence that it is safe to trust people because there's people out there who are beautiful and who we can trust and so what do I need to do or open myself up to or or lean into whatever story or I've got going on around why I can't have that to shift and change it and then keep looking for the evidence that it is safe to trust or I can have those things in my life so I think it is often a bit of a work in progress and for me it is a muscle that sometimes we have to practice using to to really move into that trust because again we're talking from a bigger picture here and I think we're talking a bit energetically here that you know what we're feeling and what we're putting out there is often what we're going to look for um so if we're saying that we can't trust anyone and the world is unsafe and and you know all those messages then we're going to keep looking for evidence that that's true and so that's sometimes where I think we need to be challenged to go well let's start small with trusting little things 
you know, can I get my needs met or can, is it safe for me to be supported? I can trust that I'll be supported. And, and one person does something for you and you go, Oh, there's a little bit of evidence that it was safe for me to trust that. And so we gently move up the scale on some level into, into more trust. I love that. I love those really particular things. I'm just. Oh, sorry. Something just happened there. What did you say? I was just going to look over. That was interesting. I was going to look over at our list to see, did we, um, did we uh, talk about everything we were going to, that we said we were going to talk about and my <laughs> microphone went. So it's like, no, just trust. You can trust. <laughs> that really cool. Just to read a little bit from the aware baby. Yeah, go. Filter because we're going through it in uh, the instructor mentoring course and I'm rereading it for about the, a lot of times because my book is completely falling to pieces now so she talks about four basic assumptions now i love this one the first assumption is that human this is page four human beings are born knowing basically what they need not only for survival but also for optimal physical emotional and intellectual development as an illustration given choices between toys babies will play with the ones that best foster their intellectual development on any given day the idea is that babies know and indicate what they need and we can therefore trust them to be in charge of their own lives as much as they are physically able. Babies will communicate their needs if given a chance and it is a caretaker's role to interpret their signals correctly. So there are more assumptions there. But I really like that, like mm. basic, basic, basic fundamental premise that babies and children and teens and adults actually really do know what they need for in all areas that we've addressed and and many more that we haven't and that the more we learn through those beautiful ways that you're talking about to trust them and often through you know for me it's often actually been through observing them that's how I've learned to trust to go oh oh my gosh oh they wanted to learn to swim oh they just I was with them and they practice a lot and they learned to swim in like one day and you know just to see they, they're the ones for me through through observing my children that's how I've learned to trust mm. so mm. deeply uh, humans them mm. myself so um mm. so yummy <laughs> mm, I love that that's beautiful I love those words that Aletha has there too I think it is it's the foundation of it all absolutely moving forward and and I think I just wanted one other thing I wanted to say on top of that is again we talk so much about compassion for ourselves but big compassion to you if you're listening and you do find it hard to trust because as you just said so beautifully Marion like we're born with this innate knowing of what we need and and how to get out or potentially how we need to get our needs met or what we need to do to heal but sometimes we don't have the right environment for that to happen. And so we are always going to move towards survival and we'll do whatever we need to do to survive. And, you know, that's sometimes where we have traumas or we have things happen to us that make it not safe for us to trust and make it so that we, we don't have that inner knowing and trust within because we've had to really survive. So I really want to just offer lots of compassion to anyone who's listening that perhaps is sitting here going, oh, God, I don't trust and it's not okay. And we go, no, this is... You know, we know that there is always a story of where we have come to. So lots of compassion and gentleness for yourself that we are all on a path and we are all different paths and at different places and that, you know, perhaps even with this podcast has helped you think about, gosh, what messages am I giving to my children or is there more room for me to trust or do I need some support to move more into that or, you know, do I kind of look through the lens constantly that the world is unsafe or what is it that where I'm at, then, you know, I really invite you to just lean into that gently to just say, 
perhaps I need to shift on that a tiny bit or you may not want to. And that is also okay. You know, trust that we're all where we need to be for our journey for sure. But a lot of compassion to wherever you sit in this bigger picture, because I know that a lot of people have had some really painful things happen to them in their lives. They've witnessed a lot of painful things. There's been a lot of loss. There's been a lot of stuff that's caused great pain for people. And so it is very understandable if we don't sit in a place of trust. Absolutely. And, um, and that is where I think, again, we come into healing and we come into, you know, support and all those things that we talk about to help us move if, if we're ready and if we want to. Yeah, and these, this is years and years and years, isn't it? If we think about thousands of years of lack of trust in, in human nature, really, I mean, it's thousands of years of believing that humans are actually sinful and bad to actually trust our own innate nature is of course it's going to be a long journey of course mm. and you know there are all these different things it might be a whole long journey around food and then there might be years of a whole long journey around play or healing or feelings you know it's it's yeah it's not a quick fix mm. um, but also we can make shifts quite quickly mm. as well mm. yeah so to finish off Marion, what would you like to offer what would be your invitation for people I would love to invite you to connect in with the things that kind of things we've talked about, whether there's anything that you would like to play with, like just a little tiny bit for yourself and your child or children or teen or baby. So whether it's around needs or around food or around crying or around sleeping or around learning or around uh, individuation or healing from trauma any of those things is there one of those that really jumps out at you as like that you have a sense of um being willing to uh, deepen your capacity in that and, and your willingness to explore it uh, with lots of compassion around the exploration mm, i love that that's so great um for me i would say i invite you to have a bit of curiosity as to what was modeled to you around trust and how that um and if that still turns up in your life now so you know being really curious about where perhaps the stories come from what you've experienced in your life and um you know i think that can always be super powerful when we go oh i do this because of that and that there, there is something in that that makes us go i think oh my goodness okay yes i'm not there's nothing wrong with me but that's just what i was taught like that's the language i learned at home and so that's what i've learned to speak and so you know i think there's beautiful it's so beautiful to have curiosity around wow that's what i was shown and what could that look like to to maybe shift it so i'd encourage you to look at perhaps what what was shown to you around trust mm, so beautiful um, do you have any offerings that are that you particularly wanted to share about or that are particularly relevant to this um uh, look i mean look i think what we both offer again in where parenting is all about trust so anything all whether you <laughs> yeah yeah so you want to do stuff with play go check out marion's stuff you want to do stuff with your inner loving you know mother like you know go check out marion's stuff. i think both all of our courses and offerings that we have really it's so much of it just is underpinned by trust it's absolutely so you know um yes i think if you want to learn more <laughs> go just check out both our websites all the stuff's on there yeah yeah, beautiful. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for being here. It's so lovely to be back again doing this. So um, we'll wait and see how long between our next <laughs> session. Hopefully not too long. 
Um, but as always, like we still receive lots of beautiful messages and sharing of our podcast. So we do love that. So thank you for everybody who's, um, who's sharing and, and spreading the word. We really appreciate it. Mm. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Mm, so much love to you. We trust your timing. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.